Storytelling is marketing's oxygen. Your brand cannot survive without it. Hi, my name is Nyquia, and I am the founder of The Marketing Profit, a global digital marketing agency. I have mastered the art of storytelling and marketing strategy from the greatest storyteller of all time. Yes, girl, you got that right. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. The Scriptures, Stories, and Strategies podcast is here to help faith-based content creators create a universal community within their online business that sparks engagement, prompts actions, and generates income using lessons from the only business book you really need, your Bible. Let's begin. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Scriptures and Stories and Strategies podcast. If you're new and skip past that introduction, you probably have no clue who I am. Well, I am your host, Nyquia, the founder of The Marketing Profit, which is a Christian-based global SEO marketing agency for e-commerce brands, and we help e-commerce businesses increase their global reach and visibility, website traffic, and sales through the largest search engines like Google and Pinterest. The purpose of this podcast is to help Christian female entrepreneurs like you infuse more of their faith in God's words within their marketing and business strategies, and I do this by taking scriptures and stories from the Bible and transforming them into applicable business strategies so that Jesus is always within your plans, your business trials, and successes as your number one business partner. So today we have another special guest host that I'm excited to have on the show. Before I introduce our host, I do want to share today's topic. Um, Today we're talking about, basically the topic episode is called, It's Okay to Not Be Okay, a Psalms teaching about emotional health. So our special guest believes that every believer should be confessing the word of God daily because we live in a world where insecurity, doubt, and fear run wild, but God has given us a weapon to fight life's challenges, which is his word. Um, Instead of feeling overwhelmed, anxious or scared, we can overcome any assault from the enemy with our speech because life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And that's from Proverbs 18, 21. So without further ado, I would love to welcome on to the Scripture Stories and Strategies podcast, Hannah Parham, who is a Christian author and speaker. Her personal mission is to help women overcome fear and self-doubt so that they can confidently believe on who God has called them to be. Now, she's currently working on her master's in divinity with a concentration in pastoral counseling, and she has already published two books, guys, one called uh, Jesus is Bay, Bay meaning before anyone else, and The Confessions Project. She's so passionate about teaching, equipping, and discipling the body of Christ, and when she's not encouraging others or writing her heart out, she spends time with loved ones or exploring new coffee shops. So welcome, Hannah. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Now, I know I just introduced you to the podcast, but I also would love for you to introduce yourself real quick and also share with our listeners, let's say like three random facts about you. Okay. Um, All right, everyone. My name is Hannah. Um, I am currently working in well, these are just some fun facts, like okay. here to share the like professional bio, but I absolutely love an iced chai latte, but lately my go-to order at Starbucks has been an iced vanilla latte with um, oat milk. So I am just your go-to latte girl. Um, I absolutely love um, Jesus with my whole entire heart. And so I'm super, super excited to dive into this topic. And I wouldn't be that Christian girl if I didn't say that I love Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, and then my third fun fact is I went to UNC Chapel Hill. So I'm an avid Tar Heels fan 
and um, not really into sports, but I'm like, go, I'm going to go hard for my team and I'm going to like, you know, not know anything about what we're talking about related to sports, but I'm still going to be showing, I'm going to stand beside them and I'm going to show up in my jersey and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure I got school spirits. I <laughs> pay my, are you originally from North Carolina? Yep. Mm -hmm. What, um, what part of North Carolina are you from? I'm originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I grew up there. I was born and raised there. And then I went to school at UNC, moved, lived in Raleigh for a little bit and moved to Charlotte before moving to Nashville, which is where I currently live. God, have you ever heard of a city in North Carolina called Kernersville? I actually have, but I don't know where that is. Like, it's I, so I have like heard right of outside of like Winston-Salem. I, I went to, okay. I lived there for like three years. So just a oh, random nice. <laughs> Okay. So you're in North Carolina too. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Love that. Um, all right. Well, thank you for introducing yourself, Hannah. Thank you for those uh, quick three facts about you. Um, so let's go ahead and hop right into today's topic. So once again, we're basing this episode on the book of Psalms because as we know, Psalms gives a voice to deep emotions of human life. Looking back on the toughest times of your life, Hannah, um, what Psalm scripture would you say is a great verse to meditate on for someone else going through what you went through and why? Yep. So um, when I was thinking about this, I really feel like the verse that kept coming to mind, and that's just something I've been personally clinging to in this season of my life, is the verse that says, um, my heart and flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my life and my portion forever. Um, and I just love the Psalms in general because David did write majority of them and he wrote them when he, you know, was upset. He wrote them when he was happy. He wrote them when he was discouraged. He wrote them when he was frustrated. He wrote them when he was in pain. He wrote them when he was burdened. I mean, he wrote his whole diary as a Psalm basically. Um, and he never had any problem running to God whenever he was going through something. And so in that similar way, when I first started walking with God, that's just something in how I, you know, tried to live my life is to live fully transparent before the Lord and to really not feel hesitant to express or, um, you know, explain to God, like, this is how I'm feeling. And this is why I'm feeling this way. And so even that's why that verse is just so powerful to me is because even when my heart and my flesh may fail, so my heart in relation to the soul's part of my life, but my flesh being the physical side of myself, like, so there's that whole encompassing of mind, body, soul, and spirit, because the Bible says to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But yet when your heart and your flesh fail, yet God is still faithful. And even when I'm not faithful, or even when I don't have what I need, or even when I'm discouraged, like God is still the strength of my life and my portion forever. And he's this constant and the stagnant that we have in our lives. And so that's just something that I've constantly been always just clinging to is just like, man, even when I don't have it, even when things don't add up, even when I'm like upset, God is still the strength of my life and my portion forever. So I love that answer. And can I just say, I love the fact that you broke down that, uh, when David wrote most of the Psalms, like he wrote them in different types of emotions. And so it's a great book to refer back to when we are feeling a certain type of emotion, because every single emotion that we ever will have has all been put into the Bible already. And it's already been yeah. talked about and it's already been, there's already a solution to that. 
and you talking about how David, you know, was writing different, different during emotions, um, just opens up light of how much the Bible can not just only be a guide through life, but just an emotional, uh, wellness book for our own personal gain as well. And this is off also off topic, but do you have a favorite book in the Bible or, or, or a favorite person in the Bible that you relate to the most? Man, I, I don't, I don't know. I really feel like I love the Psalms. I really do. Just because I feel like David is able to put into words things I'd be feeling like, especially when he'll like complain or a little bit mm -hmm. and then he turns it around and he pivots and he's like, but God, you're so amazing. I'm like, I legit feel like that's me sometimes. So I really do love Psalms. I also love the book of James. And, um, nice. But it depends, like, it depends on like, usually like what I'm studying at the time. So if I'm Got studying it. the book of James, I'm like, dang, this is my favorite book. <laughs> if I'm studying Philippians, I'm like, yo, Philippians is so good. I, like, so I would say maybe between those two, but then literally I could be like, I love the book of John. I love the book of Ephesians. So I definitely have like favorites, but I don't over others. Like, you know, I don't really care for Jude. I'll still read it, but you know, I mean, <laughs> it's just like small things like that, but I'm trying to think like those are probably some of my top faves that come to mind um in relating in relation to like what are my favorite books awesome thank you for sharing that fact <laughs> with us okay so um so the bible tells us to take every thought captive and to make it yeah. obedient to christ which you guys can refer to second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 for that but basically this means to take our thoughts and emotions hold them up to the word of god and if it doesn't align we cast those things down so for some christians that's easier said than done so right. Hannah, can you give us an example of how you conquered negative thoughts and emotions and then how can we tell if those emotions aren't aligned um, and then also how can we exactly cast them out? Yeah. So I know that's like such a deep spiritual verse. Like when you read that, you're like, what the heck does that even mean? Um, and so I first want to say that thoughts and emotions, are not necessarily always bad. Your emotions are good indicators and signals of like what's going on on the inside of you. So that's not necessarily wrong because God did give us like our souls and the emotion centers to be able to help us have that self-awareness of like what exactly we're feeling at the time. Now, where it gets negative is when we take those emotions, eternal, internalize them and create a thought, which Sometimes it's us, sometimes it's the enemy. The enemy will plant a seed or a thought that is not necessarily, you know, aligned with what the Bible says, which is why it's so important to read the Bible. But that is also why we have to have this level of like metacognition, which is to think about our thoughts and to think about our thinking. So if you have this emotion and you have the level of self-awareness where you're like, man, this emotion makes me think this. And you have to be able to signal out that particular thought. And that is the thought that you need to weigh against the word. And if that thought is able to be backed by scripture, then that means that it is from God. If it's a thought that is not backed by scripture, that means it's not from God. And who it's from could be you, could be the enemy, could be from a past, could be from a traumatic experience. It could be from a multitude level of things. But if it's not from God, then it's, if it's good, it's from God. And if it's not um, it's not from him. And so usually when those thoughts come, the best thing to do to be able to change our lives, because we, we all know that our lives are really just a result of our behaviors, which are results of our thoughts. And so that is literally what also the Bible says, which is why I freaking love the word, because everything in our life really can go back to the word, uh, if we study it enough. And 
if it's not from God, that is what the Bible means by you need to cast that down because that means that something, whether it's internally, um, is making you believe that what that thought is, is higher than what God is saying about you. And if that means that that thought is higher than what God is saying about you, then that means you have put that thought over God. And that's why the Bible says to cast down imaginations and anything that it tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ, because God's word is true. And the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God word does not return to him void. He is a truth telling God. He is full of truth. The Bible says that he's the way, the truth and the life. So if God is true and his word is true, and we believe that, then those, that means that the thoughts that we have, whether it's about ourselves or others or whatever it is, whatever subject matter, if it's not in alignment with what God is saying about us, about our futures, about who we are as his children, then that means that it's not from him. And we must cast that down because we have to be vigilant. The Bible says that the enemy rolls, roars around like a, a lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's trying to he be here to still kill and destroy. And he hates God's children. He hates us because we are the heirs to God's throne. And there's so many scripture that backs this, but anytime that happens, we have to be vigilant about taking those thoughts. And sometimes those emotions, I think thoughts and emotions are different because emotions are natural. You're going to always have emotions and there is a time to process your emotions. But if you're, if your emotions are making you have a conclusion about yourself, that is not what God says about you, then that is when you have to take that thought and cast it down and instead speak the truth over your life, which is the word of God. Wow. I love that answer. That answer really struck a chord with me because recently I've been dealing personally with negative thoughts sometimes, and I never thought of it as so. I love how you describe casting down or casting them out because I never thought of it as in a way that I'm actually idolizing my negative thoughts over God's words. And that's basically what it is. And I love that you said that when you, you know, when you hold on to those negative thoughts, you're basically saying that, you know, you're basically idolizing that over God, those words are more important than God's words. And I never, it's weird, but I never thought of that in that way. And I love how you broke that down because now for me personally, now when negative thoughts come in, the way I'm going to cast them out is it's like, well, first of all, these thoughts aren't better than God. These thoughts aren't God's words. And it's like, I don't want to disrespect God and, and harbor on these thoughts. And I should harbor on God's words that will help me overcome, let's say like these negative thoughts. So I'm that, I love that answer to that. So thank Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I also want to say I love how passionate you are about helping women overcome fear and self-doubt so they can confidently see themselves the way God sees them. So yeah, process on helping women overcome fear and self-doubt. And then after that, what scripture can you refer to in this moment to get us started on the right path? Yeah, so it goes back to first we need to know what God says about us because that is what is the starting point from the very beginning. If you don't know what God says about you, like we just talked about, it's really difficult to know whether the thoughts that are coming into your mind are from him or they're from the enemy or they're from yourself. And so once you do know God's promises, once you do know God's truth, which is his word, you're able to conquer the things that aren't from him, which include fear and self-doubt. Because when you're, uh, God has like in the Bible, 
it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So that means that fear is a spirit, which is not mm-hmm. from God. And that means that that's something we need to cast out. And so is self-doubt, because if God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, or if God says in his word that you will prosper in all of your ways, if God says that he has a plan to prosper you, give you hope and a future, that just those small three verses that I listed, that means that I'm beautiful. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. There's also verses talk that talk about how we are chosen by God. So that means I'm chosen. Um, if it also says like, he's given me plans to prosper. So that means I have a good future. He has good plans for me. So those are three truths that from those three scriptures, we can, you know, know and believe. And the problem is that sometimes we can know these scriptures, but we don't necessarily believe them, which is where that self-doubt comes in because sometimes we don't believe what God says about us, which are backed and our causes or results because of either we're dealing with shame related to our past or related to, um, mistakes that we've made, or maybe we just struggle with low self-esteem and we're struggling because maybe, Again, not all of this is because we are terrible, but something may have happened along the lines of life that causes us to now live in rejection or to live from a place of shame or to think that we're not good enough or to think we're not worthy enough. And maybe you're dealing with imposter syndrome. So there's all these different things that are can be um, pointed back to dealing with self-doubt, which again is not from God because there's so many examples in the Bible, which is why I love the Bible characters because they also dealt with this. And even in those moments, God said, even to Joshua, when he was struggling, like, Lord, you just made me leader over this entire generation. How the heck am I supposed to lead them the way that you led? how you, you know, you picked Moses. I'm not Moses. And what did God tell Joshua? I have be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because I will be with you wherever you go. And so these are all things that we can use to me. I always am just, just so passionate about people knowing the word of God. So like, once you know the word of God, then you can assess your situation, assess your thought life. You can assess your circumstances and you can really like, um, almost like put put your life and your thoughts on a side either it does line up with the word or it doesn't and if it doesn't this is where it doesn't necessarily happen overnight but if you work how they always say in the old church if you work the word god will like really uh, transform your life through the word. And it's only how the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if the word of God does not return to him void, then if you continuously meditate on the word both day and night, it will transform your life to the point where you'll start to see yourself differently. You'll start to live a different life because out of, um, it says above all else, guard your heart, because that is like the spring of life. So if you are having a transformed heart, then you're going to have a transformed life. And that's literally the process of sanctification, edification that God is using the Holy spirit to grow us. in. so like in situations where you might be tempted to respond harshly, maybe the word might come back to you and you might want to respond in a patient, more loving way. So there's just this constant working of the Holy spirit on the inside of us. That's constantly casting out things that are not from God, but are helping us grow and become more like Christ. And so, it is a process. It's a journey. I mean, I'm still on this journey. There's so many things that I still struggle with that. I feel like God is helping me grow in, but it's start. It's always going back to that basic foundation of knowing what God says about me and being intentional and vigilant about casting down anything that doesn't look or sound like him. And then being intentional about replacing those thoughts and replacing my actions with things that do represent and sound like God.
Wow. For those of you um, that are listening, I don't know if you feel like Hannah is speaking directly to you, but I felt like with that <laughs> answer, you're speaking directly to me because, um, you know, recently I actually just turned 31 and I've been struggling so much with just self-doubt and fear and worry. And I want to zone in on what you said about fear as a spirit and how we weren't given the spirit of fear and how a lot of Christians, and I and I want you guys, if you're listening to this, if you don't know anything about spiritual warfare, um, to get into God's war- word because it's real. Um, yeah. There are spiritual battles that we cannot see um, in the in our physical space in our in our little physical realm, but there are spirits around us, and the spirit of fear is one of them. Um, this is a real thing, and I love the fact that you uh, you zoned in on that. And that's one of the first things I, I did here, um, because once again, God did not give us that spirit of fear. Um, and so spiritual warfare is real. It's It also helps to also have discernment for those of you that are listening. Um, but at the end of the day, I love how you said, you know, it comes down to God's word. And we're not the only ones who dealt with emotions, even like the, the greatest figures in the Bible, like Joshua, Moses, people who have been handed greater tasks, maybe than we will ever have, has also struggled with self-doubt, doubt, imposter syndrome, felt like they couldn't do something, felt like they didn't have enough time to do something. Um and all of those things have been, had solutions in the Bible. So like when I think about not having enough time, like I think about, you know, the story of Hannah um, and, and you know, her wanting to have, you know, a, like a child or thinking of Sarah, her, you know, being a ch- past childbearing age and, you know, the, thinking of time, thinking of Joshua, how he asked God to, you know, you know, keep the sun up so, you know, they yeah. can fight this battle. And it's like, if if we can just look at the people of, you know, biblical times, you know, they struggled through stuff too, but look at what God did for them. And I always use stories like that to just help me sometimes get out of a rut or study those stories to see, okay, well, how can I apply this to my life? So I love your answer on that. And spiritual warfare is a thing. Um, and once again, you know, where it's, it's the battle is not between, you know, flesh and blood, it's blood it's between the spirits behind that person. And, yeah. um, And that's one thing that I want you guys listening to this podcast to really walk away with is that, uh, you know, to combat your spiritual warfare, you know, we have to put on the armor of God. You guys, I think it's Ephesians, Ephesians chapter six, I think talks about putting on the armor of God. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it talks about, you know, exactly which each of that armor means. So I love that. Thank you so much for, you know, answering that question. Now, um, I, you know, mental health is finally being heavily recognized more now than ever. And then there are many Christians who do believe that, you know, they need more than prayer. Uh, you know, they need more than Jesus to over- overcome their mental emotions, you know, regardless of what of it, what it is. So what would you tell a Christian woman wanting to seek mental health professionals over seeking Jesus first? And what do you recommend the steps they take? Yeah, this is like a really good question. And I want to definitely be sensitive to people who do struggle with mental health illness, because that is also, you know, a real thing and people are really hurting and broken. And that is not to say that you should not seek professional help. I do think that there are times and places where people do need to seek professional help. But I will say we should never seek professional help over seeking Jesus. I think it's either always and it's never an or. So you should always seek Christ because if you are relying on a human to give you answers outside of Christ, who is the risen savior, then that is definitely something that we should talk about. (laughs) So I do think that you should never ever choose someone 
or a human that God has created over the creator himself who can help you if you truly believe he is who he says he is truly help you process because the Holy Spirit is a counselor as well. Um, He will help you counsel and discern and become aware and bring to your remembrance things. Um, He can do everything. And he's the one that equips your professional counselors and your professional psychiatrists. He's the one um, through the Holy Spirit has, that has graced them with those gifts and insights to be able to help you process your emotions. And so I do think, again, there is a time and place to seek professional help. If you feel like you've tried and you've gone as far as you can go with God um, on your own, sometimes you do need that level of accountability and help to help you walk through things that the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to you. Um, And so that is when I would say, if it's gotten to a place where you need additional resources, not... um, different resources, I think additional resources in addition to what you're con- you're walking through with God, then there's a time and place for that. And I think um, that's important to um, receive that because I think counseling is still important because like I said, especially Christian biblical counselors, they are gifted to help walk you through those things. I mean, there's a spirit of wisdom that they have and that's a spiritual gift. Um, and so I do think that those professionals are important. And I think because of that, that there's been like just different layers and levels of breakthrough through awareness and just deliverance that I feel like people have been able to receive because of professionals like counselors and psychiatrists and things like that. And sometimes there is like that physical aspect of there being a chemical imbalance that you do need help um, and need modifications to, you know, assist you to help you feel um, fully present in your life. And so I'm not saying that those aren't necessary and those aren't, um, important as well. But I do think the bottom line is like, make sure that you're always processing it with God because God is the true provider and he is Jehovah Jireh and he knows and can provide everything that you need for life and godliness. And, um, if there is that additional help that you need from like a counselor also, um, processing that with the leadership or your mentors or people who can help walk you with, um, walk with you, because I feel like what a counselor and a, a psychiatrist or, um, a psychologist can provide is like I said, that extra additional accountability that sometimes maybe the church currently is missing right now in this season. So I, that is such a perfect answer to this question. Um, and I also want to, I love that you said that the Holy spirit is also a counselor, um, for any of you that are listening to this podcast right now, we must not forget that the Holy spirit is a person and we must not forget that when Jesus was risen, when he left and before he come back, he said he was going to send us a helper, um, because he knew that we were going to need someone to like help us with prayer, help guide us through our decisions, help us with discernment. And that's what the Holy spirit is. The Holy spirit is a person that really helps us get through all of that stuff. And so when it, and then, like you said before, um, how the Holy spirit also helps, um, counsel your counselors and help and helps give them that um spirit of wisdom and so I love that you touched in on that because a lot of people don't understand that the Holy Spirit is more than this thing that's floating around in your body or something like that like right. it's actually a person it's God's spirit that is here with us the same spirit that's in you is in me the same spirit that's yeah. in is in us and so um that's one thing I want you guys to really just uh remember because that's so important um so I want to swing back to your passion real quick about helping women find their identity in Christ what does identity in Christ mean to you or what does it mean to God and then what scriptures can we also reference to that talk about identity and what actionable steps can we take today to find our identity in Christ 
Yeah. So I feel like this is such a deeper, like it's layered, obviously, like identity in Christ. It's not really just very simple, but I think at its most basic level, identity in Christ is tying our value and our worth in what God says and not what man or this world says. So it's very deep to me at least, but (laughs) that means that my identity is not in how much I earn. It's not in how much or what I do. It's not in, um, what I have. It's not in who, how much influence I have. It's not in my success. It's not in, um, what I offer identity is being able to rest in God's love and knowing that being a daughter of Christ is more than enough than anything I ever need in this world. So when I think about identity in Christ, it's really understanding that we are children of God and that all we need and have in God is all that we need in this world. And if there's anything in this world I'm not saying that it's not okay to have desires because we all have desires. And the thing is like the Bible says that good and perfect gifts come from God. So those desires, if they're good and if they're to help people and to grow the kingdom and advance the kingdom, then yes, I think those are from God and those are important, but that doesn't mean that my identity and my value and my worth is tied in the things that God has called me to do. Cause there's a difference between, um, knowing who I am in Christ and then living for Christ. So living for Christ and the things we do for Christ are a byproduct of the relationship that we have with him. But I think identity in Christ is knowing, going back to that true relationship of God is my father and he is a good father and I am loved by him. I'm known by him. And there's so many scriptures that talk about this, where it's like nothing can separate me from the love of God or how he has called us by name or he knows how many hairs that we have. It goes back to relationship. And I think that's what I think identity in Christ is. It's like not allowing anything of this world to like, um, even when it says like, do not conform by the, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind uh, and be in the world, but not of it. So really being spiritually born Um, which is like what happens when we get saved. We have this regeneration process that the Holy spirit comes and um, basically gives us birth to us in the spirit. Um, Cause that's basically what happened when Nicodemus was like, what do you mean be born again? Like, do I go back and like basically get born by my mom and like, no, this is a spiritual birth. So that's what it means to have identity in Christ to me, at least is like to really know and live by the root of abiding in Christ and being loved by Christ and knowing that God is everything that we need um, and that he's our true identity, not our past, not our success, not our problems, not our pains, not anything like that. It's really just God himself. And it really goes back to that original design of creation um, that when God created us, it was just man and him and they were fellowshipping and abiding and communing with each other. And so that's what I personally think um, identity in Christ is. (laughs) No, I I totally agree, honestly, with everything that you said. Um, And I love that you said it's really layers to it. It's not really a one defined um, answer, but there's layers to um, what identity of Christ and identity of Christ may may mean certain things to certain people. At the end of the day, that same foundation is there. And I love how you uh, said, you know, you know, we're in the world, but we shouldn't be of the world. Um, So now I I took a look at your blog and I'm in love with the content and resources that you do offer. And now two of those resources stuck out to me. You're welcome. Um, Can you explain to our listeners what 
um what is your so your two books the confessions project movement and then jesus's bay um challenge and how can the um the audience become involved yeah so those are two resources that i've offered to just my audience and they're basically like five day uh challenges where you're able to like walk through um some uh, content that will help you know shift in your relationship the Jesus is Bay is kind of focused and targeting towards people who maybe are struggling in their relationship with God they don't really know what to do they don't really know how to spend time with God so that's kind of like okay well if you're struggling here's a guided plan that you can kind of follow that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ and then the confessions project which I also have a devotional book tied to both of them are tied to like my devotional books and bible studies but the confessions project is like basically a five-day challenge and devotional of walking you through basically what we talked about in this podcast. Like, what does it mean to really just confess the word of God over your life? What does it mean? What is spiritual warfare and how do we combat that? And like really just having that practical application process of how can I go from maybe struggling with believing what God says about me to actually believing it with my whole heart. And so that is what that challenge is about. And they're really just ways to give you uh, a taste of like what the devotional books are about. about. And so you can check those out at my website, which I'm updating, um, but it's currently hannahopson.com, which is my maiden name. And I'm current, I just got married. So I'm trying to transition that all over to my new domain, which is hannaparam.com, but I'll have my redirects and everything set up. So you can go to either one. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find those resources. And hopefully there are encouragement and blessing to whoever decides to tap in. You guys, if you're listening, those sound like resources that I think anybody would need. Um, even if you think you don't need it, I definitely recommend checking them out. And I'm going to have all the information that she shared in the show notes. So that way you have like the direct links to go and check out those free resources. Well, are they free resources or? Is yep. it, uh, okay. So, and they're free. So I don't like guys, come on now. They're free resources. <laughs> so I'll leave all the information in the show notes. Um, that brings us to the end of our podcast episode. It has been an amazing honor to have you on this uh, podcast. Hannah, like I said, I felt like you were talking directly to me and hopefully the listeners on the other end of this podcast felt the same way. Um, I love the fact that you're studying this. I love the fact that you're getting a master's in divinity and you're, you know, you're uh, getting a, a minor was it, in pastoral counseling. And so it's a little different this podcast episode coming from someone who's studying the background versus someone like me who yeah studies the bible but i don't you know this is not you know my career path and so um it's a it's, it's a comfort thing that comes from hearing something like this come from you and i'm so glad that we touched on the topic of mental health and emotional wellness because i think at the end of the day it's something that no matter who's listening to this podcast we all can benefit from um is there anything else you would like to say to the podcast listeners before we end off this episode um, no, just like what I always love to end a podcast interview with. I just want anyone who's listening to know that God loves you so much and he has such amazing plans for you. And even though life may be challenging and there may be hard times and there may be times where you want to give up and you're discouraged, I just want to encourage you to remember do not give up. God has so much more in store for you. And if you just would trust and cling to him, and even going back to that original verse that we started the podcast episode with, even though your heart and flesh may fail, God really is the strength of your life and your portion forever. And if you would just cling to him and trust him and learn to abide in his love that he is, that he has for you, that will never, ever run out. He will blow your mind with all the things that he has in store. And so I'm just praying a special prayer over you um, for any listener that's listening um, to just really take God at his word, knowing that he's faithful to fulfill every single one of his promises. 
Yeah, I definitely can't top that outro. So thank you so much for, for um, you know, giving that little last little speech to everyone who is listening. And I really hope that basically everything Hannah says, I want to say the same exact thing. Um, and without further ado, you guys, we're going to go ahead and close this episode. And once again, I'll have all the information on where you can find those free resources, where you can learn more about Hannah, all in the show notes. All you have to do is click the link and we'll, you'll lead to, I'll have your Instagram profile in there, Hannah. I'll have your website as well um, and the links to those uh, resources too. Um, I want to also link your blog because I you have some really good blog topics as well that I would love for the listeners to take a look at. Um, thank you guys so much for listening in on this podcast episode and I will see you guys in the next episode. Do you feel that? That heat? That fuel? Girl, that's that faith fuel. And I pray you use the fuel and lessons learned today in this episode and apply them to your personal life and business journey. Feel free to screenshot this episode and share a business lesson you learn and will now be incorporating in your business. Don't forget to tag me, okay, at The Marketing Profit so I'm notified and we can talk more about how you're going to apply those lessons to your business strategy in the DMs. It would also mean so much to me to reach all the faith-based entrepreneurs who want to infuse God within their business journey. But in order to do that, I need your help to get the word out. I would love if you'd comment, rate, and subscribe to this podcast in order to help me reach those girls and share these biblical business strategies. Let them know what they're missing. Okay, don't tell them I can turn water into wine, but let them know I can turn scriptures and stories into applicable and action-packed business strategies. Thank you so much, Faith Field friend, and I will talk to you in my next episode. Have a blessed day.